Hey, Macy. What? It's the most wonderful time of the year. We're going to get copyright struck for that. Let me. Is that not public domain by this point? That song's so fucking old. Plus, I think you can. All of these songs are so old. Let's do like an off brand version. It's a great time of the day in December. Okay. There we go. I'll take it. Happy Yule, everybody. You'll be sorry. You will be sorry. That's all I can say. If you don't listen to this spooky Christmas chode, where we're going to... uh, And learn some shit. Learn some shit. Learn. We have... Everybody, all of us. Quite a treat for you guys today. Um, Of course, of course, we have our listener stories for you guys. Uh, Will it be themed this time? Spoiler alert. We've already recorded them, and yeah, we found a theme. Yeah, actually. (laughs) And before that, we have something really cool to jump into. We have a guest for you today. We are joined today by Brad Fisher, who is going to tell us about the Krampus Man. Breaking some myths. We're busting some myths. Breaking some disillusions. I walked away loving the Krampus more than ever. Yeah, I learned a lot. We learned a lot. It's a really fun conversation. Uh, Brad is an amateur folklorist and historian, uh, as well as practicing folk magician. So we just had a great conversation. It was a Mm. lot of fun. Uh, You're definitely going to learn some new stuff about uh, Krampus. uh, And it's I learned I did. I didn't know much at all. So I was just like, what? It's super cool. We talk about original Christmas myths and how fucking Saint Nick and his dark companions uh, just fucking wreck shop. It's sick as hell. So we're very excited about it. So strap on your bells and your daddy whips. And we're going to... Yeah, man. (laughs) We're going to jump right into our interview again. This is Brad Fisher talking about... Some Krampus. All right, all right, all right. We're here. We're honored uh, today. We've got a special guest. We're going to talk to you about some some Christmas slash Yule slash Krampus mysteries. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. We've got uh, Brad in the house today. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hello. My name is Brad Fisher. I'm an amateur folklorist, historian, um, I also dabble a little bit in folk magic myself in the uh, cunning work tradition of the British Isles. Um, and this is something that I'm really interested in and have done a lot of research on. Uh, I will not claim to be a professional scholar. There are people who do this for a living, and I will cite them at the end of this episode. So you, I will cite my sources because that's good scholarship. But um, I've done my best to collect as much information as I can on the subject. That's awesome. exciting. Awesome. Yeah, cool. yeah, I'm very excited to to hear about it because I'm gonna uh, to really I don't know much about Krampus aside from the stuff that everybody knows and like the depictions yeah. and things like that. So I'm excited about that. And also, I got to say, I read through uh, the PSAs uh, that have been posted on your page, uh, the Yule PSAs. Those are really great. I really enjoyed reading through those. those I really like it. It's concise, but it's very informative. Thank you very much. It's it's a uh, you know a passion project of mine. So, mm-hmm. uh, yes, and also as an aside, I, I 
and I'll go into more details at the end of the episode, but I do run a Facebook and Instagram page, Supernatural Holiday PSAs. Um, awesome. Okay, dealing mostly, mostly with calendrical lore. So, Cool, cool, cool. And we will link that down in the description, if that is cool with you. Sure, <laughs> so people can, can find you. And uh, before we jump in, well, first of all, Mm, I'm trying to decide that I'm trying to stay focused. I'm just so excited today. First of all, let me start here and ask you a little bit about, you said you kind of, you practice a little bit of the, uh, what is it? The cunning work tradition. And I wanted to just ask about some basic surface level, because I know we're here for a purpose today, but I, I'm really interested in asking you about that. I, it's it's fine. A lot of, a lot of my uh, magical work is informed heavily by, Political lore, a lot of a lot of pre-modern magic, as especially folk magic. So, like, it does come into it, and um, that's one of the reasons why I started doing how kind. I kind of got into folk magic because of the doing the holiday PSAs because they so they feed back into each other. So, cunning work, which is practiced by people known as cunning men or cunning women, um, Mm -hmm. was the folk magic tradition practiced mainly in the British Isles from uh, sometime in the Middle Ages. We don't know exactly when up until modern period really up until the 19th century um it is a mostly based in christian tradition like a lot of more modern european folk magic traditions though i there's there's some weird crossovers with mm. uh ceremonial magic which has some pagan overlays with some garbled kabbalah and other uh <laughs> jewish mystical traditions it's kind of a mix of stuff but it's at least if you asked a cutting person what they would say, they'd say, oh, I'm I'm a good Christian. I'm just happy to practice a Christian form of magic. It's good magic. It's mm, white magic mm. as opposed to those witches who we don't like. Um, <laughs> yeah. A lot of yeah. cunning folk made their living as like basically professional curse breakers or, or uh, um, not witch finders. Well, sometimes witch finders, but also like, you know, keeping witches away, keeping bad magic away. It was yeah. at least in theory, very much a white magic tradition. Mm-hmm. In practice, there's some shades of gray. Um, but like it, it definitely did try to describe you know itself as being a, a Christian tradition, which made it more uh, palatable in the eyes of the authority most mm. of the time. Um, Interesting. So a lot of what I do personally, they're magical formulas that are basically prayers, but also magical formulas. Uh, certain saints have certain powers. A lot of it, despite being kind of a Protestant tradition, it borrows heavily from Catholicism, which mm. makes it a little weird. Um, Certain days are particularly magical, Christmas among them, um, certain places, certain times. Uh, of course, there's also your more sort of general folk magic traditions you see across the continent. So a lot of herb lore, a lot of like various minor fortune telling type superstitions, omens, that sort of thing. Um, a lot of it is medicinal in nature, trying to heal various aches, pains, illnesses, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. or to generate good luck or prevent bad luck. Um, or and also some divination telling the future. Um, a lot of it's very minor stuff. You can't like set people on fire. Um, <laughs> mostly, it's like you know, it's it's a sort of lot of things that would concern pre-modern people. How do I make mm. my crops grow better? How do I get a good marriage match? How do I keep illness at bay? How do I win this court case? That sort of thing. Um, it, uh... Some of it did make the jump over the Atlantic. Because again, some some of these people are still practicing in the 19th century. Like Biddy Early, who's like sort of the queen of the Irish cunning woman, lived in I think the 1840s, 1850s. So this is mm-hmm. relatively recent. Um, and there's still some 
professional cunning folk out there today. Not a lot, but there are a few. So it is still kind of a living tradition. Um, and some of them made the jump across the Atlantic and heavily informed New World magic, at least in the Eng English-speaking lands uh, of the American colonies and that sort of thing. Uh, it had an influence on like the Brockerai tradition of Pennsylvania, in the, uh, the um, what do you call them, uh, the witch doctors in Appalachia, that sort of thing. Um, so like it is a living tradition. It's also a tradition that has influences on other folk magic traditions, pretty much wherever English is spoken. Right. Right. I was going to say that a lot of that, especially with like Christian or I don't want to say Christian roots, but a lot of the Christianity used as forms of prayer and stuff like that. And the healing magic doesn't sound too dissimilar to like the Appalachian conjure work, which is like Macy and I's yeah. kind of kind of uh, background. You know? hail so, from. Uh, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Very cool. Uh, thank you for there's, answering there's that. I, I was yeah. fully ignorant to that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, there's definitely a through line from coming work to conjure work. Mm, um, mm. And to the point where sometimes they're using the same manuals, the same prayers. Right. It's a little more Protestant in flavor. They got rid of a lot of the saint stuff because they're all Baptists <laughs> yeah. or whatever. But yeah, there's definitely like a, a pretty clear through line between the two. Cool, 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 cool. I uh, to to kick us off, I've got a pretty basic question here, and I've kind of flopped betwixt the two here. But uh, are we talking Krampus or Krampus? Oh, that's good. I have heard Krampus. Mm. Um, Krampus is sort of the Anglicization, I think, in yeah. in Austrian German, which is where he's you know he's from Austria. Krampus, I think, is the correct pronunciation, but I am yeah. not a German speaker. Krampus does definitely sound like uh like Americans got a hold of it and they're like Krampus. So yeah. Krampus. yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh so I guess here for just like an introduction thing, uh, could you perhaps provide a, a brief overview of Krampus for our listeners who like are totally not familiar with the folklore or who we're even talking about here? Right. If in case you've been living under a Yule log for the last yeah. you know, 10 years or so, um <laughs> Krampus is a holiday figure who originally came out of Bavaria and Austria, basically the Alpine regions of southern Germany and Austria, uh, western Austria. Um, he is, uh, and he's originally basically, he has roots in several different locations, but in his modern incarnation, he is essentially what the Germans refer to as a Kinder Schreck figure or child terror figure. Yeah. Lord knows the Germans know how to coin words. He's a boogeyman. Um, <laughs> and he's specifically associated with St. Nicholas's Eve, December 5th. Um, and a lot of this gets lost in sort of the Americanization of him. He is in his in his original location, in his original roots, he is deeply connected to St. Nicholas. He is what we call one of the dark companions of the saint. Saint Nick and Saint Nicholas has a bunch of these, depending what region you're in. Krampus is the Austrian version in uh, the Czech Republic. He's known as Church. Uh, in uh, the Palatine region of Germany, they have Necht Rupert, who's not a big furry dreamer. He's just kind of this rustic woodcutting looking dude, but he's also oh, kind of sinister. Uh, <laughs> in Western France, they have Pierre Foutard, who's a cannibalistic butcher who follows oh. Saint Nick around. Um, there's Hans von Trapp, who's based on a real person who was uh, a 14th century nobleman who like got in trouble with his neighbors and somehow over time this turned into allegations of cannibalism and sorcery. But the basic theory is that St. Nicholas goes around giving you know, presents to all the good boys and girls, but then he always has this accompanying figure to threaten punishment. This is deeply linked to his lore. 
Um, and somehow we we lost that. I mean, in America, Santa might like bring you coal, but that's about it. We we don't really have this punishing figure. <laughs> we lost that at some point. And that really um, bums me out then, because like I, listening to you describe this cast of these really awesome sounds, like I need a gritty graphic novel of yeah, this yeah. world. Those exist. I will set Wait. them at the end. Like there's uh, okay, Benito Sonero <laughs> has done. Benito Sonero has done a whole series of Santa Claus comics about all these people. Um, really? Highly recommend. Yeah, Sinero. Oh, I don't remember okay. how to pronounce his last name. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I think it's called The Further Adventures of Santa Claus or something like that. And he has like Krampus and all these other people. Pierre Futard makes an appearance. Um, yeah, so there's this whole cast of characters. Um, and like I said, their purpose, Saint, it's it's basically a good cop, bad cop routine. Mm-hmm. Um, St. Nicholas is there to reward good children. Krampus at all is there to punish bad children. And it's actually part of a... Um, a um germ with a ancient Germanic child rearing tradition called sugar bread and whip, literally basically carrot and stick. Um, and that's sugar that bread is, and whip is that so was much pretty common. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, it was pretty common across the world. I mean, we Americans are just we're kind of softies. I mean, we've gotten mm-hmm. a little softer, a little more sentimental. I blame the Victorians. Um, so we dropped <laughs> a lot of this stuff, but these traditions are still pretty alive in Central. Uh, and Western Central, pretty much all over Europe, but particularly Central Europe, um, they still hang on to these things because at this point it is, you know, deeply woven in their cultural tradition. Um, so, in his original context, we in America, if you see Krampus is out, it's part of a Krampus lap, a Krampus run, and these are usually in major metropolitan areas. You get a whole bunch of Krampusa. Mm-hmm. That's the plural, by the way, not Krampuses, not Krampi, Krampusa. Fantastic. Um, at least in the, the oh, original Krampusa, at least in the, the actual Austrian dialect where he came from. Oh, um, you have a whole bunch of these together, they go roaming, you know, terrorizing people, they run down city streets, that sort of thing. In the original tradition, where this is, and this is still a living tradition in like some of the more remote Alpine valleys of Austria, you actually have these small bands of Krampus, what's called a pass. It's a, basically a small group. Um, and this is one of the, the um, sort of the uh, um, that's what I'm looking for. Something I want to clarify about one of the one of the myths about Krampus is that there's not mm-hmm. the Krampus. He's not a singular figure. He's a class of creature. Oh, uh, in fact, yeah. usually you see them in groups of four to six in these Whoa. passes. Um, usually they're also accompanied by a Saint a Saint Nicholas figure and a couple of helpful figures like an angel or a woodsman. And they uh, instead of going through the city streets, they actually do what's called a house bazook, a house visit. So these you know, this little group <laughs> will go from door to door to visit these houses, houses with children. Um, and, you know, St. Nicholas will come in first. He'll greet the children. He'll, you know, give them the festive blessing. He might ask them about how well behaved they've been that year. And usually the parents will slip him some notes beforehand, like who's been good and who's been bad. Um, and he'll, you know, give treats to everybody. He has a big basket of treats. But before he leaves, he'll say, you know, basically, you better behave or otherwise Krampus will get you. And that's when the Krampusa come in. And, you know, four or six of them will come charging the house, creating a huge ruckus, lots of noise. Uh, in the wild, uh, Krampusa have these giant bells on them. They're basically oversized mm-hmm. cattle bells. So they're very noisy. Uh-huh. Um, they'll they'll mess the house up. They'll move furniture around. They'll scare the kids. Um, I love that. I love it. Oh, I don't want to cheapen him by calling him a goon, but they're like a goon squad. Oh, it absolutely is. Um, and, um, that's, yeah, they basically, you know, 
most kids, I, I believe crabs is real and the way that mm. I, maybe they do, maybe they don't. I'm sure at a certain age they do, but like, it's just the experience is still both exhilarating oh, and terrifying. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some kids absolutely adore it. Some of them have trauma. Like Krampus angst <laughs> is a legitimate uh, psychological condition Whoa. in Austria. Wow. Um, but uh, but yeah, the no. Kids, and this the spooky is, kids would like it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, so really. Well, a lot of them, as they get older, they become Krampus uh, themselves. Sure. These are yeah. small. These passes are basically small, tight knit little brotherhoods, and they're usually the actual performers are between their teens to their mid forties. And you basically you join a pass. Usually, it's one that your family's been in forever. You start buying your costume, put it together. You get involved with the production because there's a whole production that goes into this. They sp- they'll start mm. planning in January for the next December, basically. Um, that's cool. Yeah, that's and cool. Most of these towns will have twenty or thirty passes at least. Sometimes over a hundred, depending on the size of the area. Um, and there's just dozens of them. And again, it's a it's small social group, basically. Usually all male. There are some these days that are like mixed gender or female, but it's usually mm-hmm. male because this is a very conservative region. And, sure. You know, it's <laughs> rural Austria. It's very Catholic, and also being a Krampus is very physically demanding in these uh, contexts because you're wearing 80 pounds of costuming and you're mm-hmm. running over alpine terrain in the snow at night for like seven to ten miles. Because it's not just the towns; they will visit outlying farms. Um, thanks, son. Um. And um, so, like, it is, they are absolutely exhausted by the end of the night. Um, yeah, yeah. Wow. I've so, seen some of these, some of the the costumes, and they're pretty involved with, you know, you got the mask and 80, 80 pounds of clothes and, and everything else. So, yeah, I can imagine that yeah, it's, running it's, around. It's pretty hard. You've got the mask, which a lot, the traditionists will carve out of wood. Wow. Usually using hand tools. There's a whole mask-making tradition. Um, more modern ones are made of plastic, but like uh, you know, the uh, people go for the authenticity, authentic ones. They'll go for the wooden, the wooden mask. And um, interestingly enough, there's been some research on the, the the guy who kind of revived this tradition back in the 1920s, and he was actually a professional sculptor. He'd gone to school in Berlin, and there's some evidence that he was in turn influenced by African and Asian masks because that's when primitivism was really big back in the 1920s. So that's why they look so otherworldly, really. Um, there's a lot of like global influence that goes into these Krampus masks, despite it being very a very rural parietal tradition, mm-hmm. which I think is fascinating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like these are uh, you're wearing like all this wool, you're dying in there, but like it is it is <laughs> you'd have to train. You know, I think yeah, the, oh they they had they, they I'm sure they really good cardio. Yeah, um, and they will train for this. They, <laughs> they um they spend most of the year like Oh, like because every year they do like these little houses they have these skits so every year they'll work out a new script they have to get all these treats that they're giving to the kids the treats have to be packaged they're all in maintenance that goes with the costume oftentimes they're buying new costumes every couple of years and these are not cheap these can be like a couple grand easily mm-hmm. i've looked into buying one and if you want to get the real deal it's several thousand dollars um yeah so i can yeah, I can imagine. And and it just seems like it's um I'm trying to think of something to relate it to that we have here and I, I'm like there's nothing quite there's nothing quite like this, but I feel like Macy there's something on the tip of my tongue that people that people get into. I I know it's not theater kids, but that's what keeps popping into my head. But well, as you a theater kid, them. I'm listening to yeah. this like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes, yeah, please. Yeah. I'm, I'm loving like, all I, of it. I could do this. I could make this my entire personality. Um so <laughs> yeah, when oh, we yeah. talk yeah. About uh, Saint 
when we've got, you know, St. Nicholas and or I guess Santa Claus, I don't, however you're looking at it. And Krampus, they're not enemies. I thought that they were like these enemies that would fight each other. That's that's another misunderstanding I want to clear up. Mm. Like that's kind of an American invention, uh, partially because ah. of the movie, the Krampus movie, and also partially because of Brahms' book, Krampus the Yule Lord. And it's a very good book. I liked it, but it has nothing to do with Krampus uh Krampus's actual lord. He is he's working alongside Saint mm. Nicholas. Mm-hmm. In some earlier versions, he's kind of his servant. Like sometimes you'll see him chained, but like a lot of times he's a free agent. Um, right. And some some of these Nicholas, some of these skits they do, these Nicholas plays, Krampus will come in and say how much he enjoys doing his job because he likes torturing small children. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's really glad St. Nicholas has given this opportunity. Uh, so, you know, you better behave or else he'll get you. Um, and that's yeah, no, they, they, are, the kids, they work together. Yeah. Huh? To know that that's a good way that? to keep the kids scared is like they to know it's, that he loves his job. He, know, he, he loves, loves what he's doing. He loves getting you. Yeah. It is, like I said, it's good cop, bad cop. St. Nicholas yeah, is good cop. Yeah. Krampus or Chert, whoever is bad cop. Um, mm. And it's interesting enough, like, not only does St. Nicholas have all these dark companions, in Central Europe, you they have a number of other saints' days during this time period, and they all have dark, these sinister counterparts as well. Awesome. Um, for St. Barbara's Day, December 4th, you have the wild Barbaras, who are these witch-like figures dressed in old clothing with these masks made of, like, moss and pine cones and uh, leaves and stuff like that. Oh, it's so cool. And those, interesting enough, are exclusively teenage girls. Those are the only ones who get to do that tradition. And they go around and beat up teenage boys, which I think is great. The wild Barbaras? Wild Barbaras. Oh, that's cool. I love that. It's only, like, just one region in Austria. (laughs) Or Bavaria. Um, okay, okay, okay. And then, yeah, and then on St. Lucy's night, December 13th, which was actually a couple days ago, mm-hmm. uh, you've you know, you've got the Santa Lucia ceremony that the uh, Scandinavians do with you know the girl with the candles on her head and the singing choirs and all that sort of stuff. But you also have what's called the Lucy Fra or the bloody or ugly Lucy, who's this again, a witch-like figure who travels around with her own version of the wild hunt called the Luciferd, and oh. she'll drop down your chimney and threaten to gut you. Um, however, you can leave food offerings for a bribe her, basically. I would leave a food offering for her immediately. Not even because I feel like her. I have I to, be, but because I want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. Um, I respect yeah. what you're doing here. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, no, fascinating figure. And then on St. Thomas's night, December 21st, you have uh, a figure known as Bloody Thomas, or Thomas with a hammer. He's is basically this giant ogre with a blood-stained hander, hammer, and he just goes around smashing people's skulls, and he does not care if you've been good or bad. None of these figures really do. Krampus is the only one who seems to have any kind of ver- vague moral compunction. The rest okay. are just wild, dangerous spirits. Yeah, yeah. Which I am far more inclined to, like, I don't want to say believe, but, like, if I were to believe, that's how I think it would be. It's, it's just, like, wild. Yeah. yeah. That's where this gets complicated. I don't think any adult believes in Krampus sure. in a real literal sense. I don't think I don't think anybody ever really did because he's ba- he's a boogeyman. Like you don't mm-hmm. you, you believe in him any more than you believe in the monster under the bed. He's there to right. terrify our children. However, a lot of these other figures, people absolutely believed in them. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and Krampus, another thing I want to clear up is that Krampus is part of a larger supernatural ecosystem that exists in the Al- Alpine region. Mm-hmm. Um it is 
place is just littered with all kinds of like forest sprites and goblins and demons and all kinds of stuff. Um, and that's where um, our Krampus kind of had his roots. Um, Krampus came from basically two two separate streams of amateur theater, essentially. Uh, one stream was what's called the Nicholas play, which basically is short miracle plays about St. Nicholas that would have been performed on his feast day, talking about all these miracles he did. Usually not the ones we know him for, the ones that are weirder, like when he... Um, you know, miraculously restored to health three boys who'd been butchered by said cannibalistic butcher. That's where that story comes from. That's um, impressive. Yeah. yeah, like he had a he had a brief but uh, vibrant career as a necromancer, which we don't really talk about. Awesome. <laughs> um, you know, or when he flew over the ocean to save some sailors from a sinking ship, that sort of thing. He can fly, he can actually project, he can do a bunch of cool stuff. Wow. Um, Unfortunately, we only remember him for like giving gifts for kids, which makes me very sad. Um, right. But you had these plays, and usually they would have a devil figure in them who would show up to harass St. Nicholas, and St. Nicholas would drive him off. That was mm. the church-sanctioned version of this. Parallel to that, in these Alpine regions, you have what are called the Perkton. Um, and these are morally ambiguous Alpine nature spirits. Um, and they have their own separate holiday, the Perktonlof, uh, on um, January 6th, the Feast of the Epiphany, um, led by Perkta, who's this deity figure, maybe, um, who's associated with domestic guards spinning, women in particular, um, and she has her own set of lore. If you guys want, I can go into that. But she's, okay. she's Krampus adjacent, but she's not really part of Krampus's world, or part mm. of his particular tradition. But the Perkta are also these furry horned critters running around. And as far as we can tell, at some point, the church attempted to sort of, you know, tame this a little bit, merged one of these perks, Perkton, with this devil figure from the Nicholas place and produced the Krampus. Uh, and that wow. occurred 15th, 16th, maybe 17th century. We don't have a lot of really good historical records, unfortunately. It's very vague. Krampus starts to show up, I think, 17th, maybe, depending on what you call him, because he has different names all over the place. Uh, Krampus is just the term that's most popular. Uh, they'll call him anything from like the Teufel, the devil, or a form of perked, or a crumple, or something like various different kinds of um, terms for him. Klaus from Nicholas, Klaboff, mm. whole bunch of different names, all kind of the same figure though. Um, basically a furry horned demon or nature spirit that runs amok during the winter. Okay, all right. Uh, wow, that's, uh, yeah, I, I love with some of these things when you go back far enough you're just like there's not i can't tell if there's a beginning point or if it all just sort of swirled up at some point and made its own thing um i i wanted to ask you more something we kind of touched on a few times but uh what are some misconceptions that we haven't talked about if any that you kind of want to clear up slash what has the internet and social media kind of contributed I guess to the spread or and or evolution of the Krampus lore. Um, like I said, first off, Krampus isn't a singular figure; he's a class of creature. They even have mm -hmm. you, they're pack hunters. You usually have you rarely see just one Krampus alone. Krampus is not the enemy of Saint Nicholas. They work together, or at least have uh, they have a working relationship at any rate. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I would also 
there's some belief that you can tell what kind of crampus it is by the number of horns or the pattern of the fur. Now, that's all just based on like individual preference. Different oh, groups will have okay. different traditions or individual artisans will do things differently. There's no way to really typify a crampus versus a perch or some other, one of these other creatures. Okay, um, okay, okay. Krampus may or may not be a demon. Like he certainly has that in his ancestry, but I don't know if you can argue that he is. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, he's also related to these Perktons, the you know, these nature spirits. Um let's see here. Krampus will abs- does absolutely mean harm to children. Like, can't stress that enough. Sometimes I feel like that gets the Germans complain about this. They have this thing called the cuddle Krampus that they really don't like, where it's you kind know, of kind of tamed him, softened softened him a little bit. No, he will. No, he'll do that. They, the jury is out on whether or not he still hits kids today with his whip, oh. but he definitely <laughs> did in the past. Um, no one's been able to tell me for certain whether or not that practice is still going on. But like mm. up until probably last within living memory, he was still like beating kids. Uh, he would also start to throw them in a sack, drown them, drag them off to hell, et cetera, et cetera. Um, okay, he yeah. is a fearsome figure, should be treated as such. Um, that said, he is, like I said, he's bound by these rules. He has to follow St. Nicholas. He, Some cases you'll see Krampus off on their own, but that's not really part of the tradition. That's a more modern innovation. Often because of the Protestant Reformation, they ditched the saint and kept the furry dudes, or they mm. would merge the two in what's called the post Nicholas, which is just like a furry Santa Claus. Um, that's, which eventually yeah, actually, mig- yeah, cute. which eventually um, migrated over to Pennsylvania as the Belsnickel, if you've heard of that. Oh, okay. Yeah, we know him. Um, um, but yeah, so like <laughs> they, they have a working so. relationship. Though Saint Nicholas ultimately is in control of them, he's he's sort of the the one person who can keep them wrangled, or at least he tries to. And usually, that's the climax of these houses: is the Krampus will run amok, and just when it seems like okay, like the house is going to come down, Saint Nicholas will blow his whistle or shadow command or something, and the Krampus will reluctantly withdraw. Um, <laughs> so his mastery is so never. Fun. Yeah, his mastery is never really questioned. Like the Krampus will make a point of like trying to resist him to build the tension, but. There's never a case where he gets ignored entirely. Right. Um, okay. I have a couple um, of questions. I have a couple sure. of questions about the common depiction, as well as this might, I guess, be costumes that are still done and reenacting this scene today. One, I'm curious about the uh, addition of all of the bells. Of like, if is there an intimidation to as someone who's freaked out by loud noises? Are the bells part of that? And also, yes. what's the weapon of choice? Or does it does it change? Um, so the bells, yes, a lot of these figures actually all over the place, all bells were super common and very loud. So it was, and you weren't mm-hmm. using them during the winter because the animals were all put up mm. for the winter, you know, in their barns, or their paddocks or whatever. So you could just Unnatural. strap them on and that's an easy way of making noise, yeah. making a ruckus. Um, so like, yeah, everybody, everybody across Europe is wearing bells at this time. Um, and some of them are, have gotten to the point of being ludic- ludicrously large, like 80 pounds or more. Um, that's not particularly with the Krampus because it's already heavy enough as is, but some of these yeah. other traditions, like um, there's a, um, a ceremony in some town in, on St. Martin's Eve where they ring in the wolves and you have these people dressed as shepherds with these bells that are like three feet wide strapped to their hips. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, Jeez. it is absurd. Um and then what was your second question? Well, I'm curious because like in, in you see different artworks and things like that and different I'm curious what what's the weapon? I've heard switches uh and sticks. Switches, and, yes, whips. Okay. Okay. Which is definitely that's the traditional one. And again, a lot of these 
like the wild barbers carry those um a number of the other these other dark holiday creatures carry them it's like that's how you discipline kids back in the day you hit them yeah. with switches um sometimes pierre fouchard carries a whip that's his name literally means father whip mm. and sometimes you'll see some of these other creatures <laughs> carrying whips but i think because particularly with the krampus because they're going into houses it's a much more closed environment you can't like do the fancy whip, whip brandishing right. that you see some of these other critters do yeah that makes sense that would be really <laughs> showy but i do get it yeah. <laughs> and uh, you also asked, like how yeah. uh how the appearance has changed so one of the big things that was kind of influenced how we see krampus and actually how we kind of got big in the west was people started circulating these postcards from the 1920s and 30s showing this this horned devil figure you know attacking children or possibly grown adults um i'm sure you guys have seen them online um, you know, these bright, cheery, colorful uh, images. Those are called Krampuskarten. They're a specific class of postcard, and they got really mm-hmm. popular in Austria-Hungary, back when Austria-Hungary was still a thing, at like the end of the 19th century, because Austria-Hungary was one of the first states to have a public post office. So people mm-hmm. started sending these. However, the people who were making them were from like Vienna and weren't part of this tradition. So they were basically drawing Krampus based on second or third hand accounts. And that went on to influence a lot of how we see Krampus. Cool. Uh, these images, these like hundred-year-old images, basically, yeah. it, because they're easily shareable on social media, and a lot of them are you know kind of racy or like really kind of graphic or whatever. Like, um, they get people's attention. Um, that is done a lot. Then, mm. as as people realize, oh wait, this is an actual tradition, you start to see like more authentic Krampus depictions get circulated around social media but also there was the movie like that came out in like 2016 or something which like had a completely different character design like did not look anything like actual krampus you just look at kind of a sort of skeletor meets santa claus yeah which, yeah it, it was, it was really... a strange look for for him i was, I not, was expecting not a huge that. Like, <laughs> i i wasn't a huge fan of that movie i felt like it was a, kind of a lot of missed opportunities there and they they clearly mm-hmm. did not do like a ton of research um, which you know it's fine, but like you guys could have at least could have done more with it. I I, I felt yeah. like it, yeah, it, it it had more potential and it just didn't live up to it. But yeah, like that that influenced a lot of people because that was their first introduction to Krampus was seeing this movie, um, mm-hmm. or like I said, um, Brahms Krampus the Yule Lord, where he's much more of a humanoid figure, but he's just got really big horns. That influenced a lot of people. And for American Krampus lofts, you will see people more dressed like that, either wearing sort of like a Santa Claus-esque outfit or going around shirtless with giant horns. Um, there's been something of a pushback against that more recently. More people are getting in more of like the authentic depiction with wearing these, you know, sheepskin coats, these masks, that sort of thing. But they're also very expensive. Mm-hmm. So like I'm not that surprised they're not super popular because it's a major commitment. Right. I I've got a question. So I I pulled up just some I was like looking up some kind of old school Krampus depictions. Lots of uh lots of big tongues. And I'm curious yeah, about yeah. the tongue. Yeah. What's going on with that? Is there any reason or is it just kind of like the devil and it looks scary? It comes and there's some debate about this. Some versions like some some of these masks don't actually have that. Mm. Um I've heard that it's was like sort of the the signature of one particular artisan back in the 40s mm-hmm. and then it got popular. I've heard it's linked to satanic imagery from the Catholic Church from the Middle Ages. Um I've heard it's a modern creation because people thought it looked cool. I've heard all of the above. I'm not quite clear where it comes from. Okay. It is not universal though. 
Um, and some people say, oh, it's, it's not authentic Krampus. You shouldn't do that. I'm not going to try to gatekeep what a, what is and isn't a Krampus. But like some people do have strong feelings about that. Mm. Yeah. I'm learning a lot of my like Krampus decor that I have for around this time is is, is not <laughs> not exactly accurate. It's I'm very like, American at all the Krampus. It's just yeah, it's like one Krampus like beating you know a dude up, and I'm like, ah, oh, I gotta probably. You're supposed to have a whole squad of Krampus beating God, up somebody, dude. I'm so into that. Like that is such yeah. a cool part the of the lore that I feel is being missed. That it's like, no, 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 no. He comes in a pack, and that is yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Especially if you like visit these towns when they're doing this, like you'll see these little like these these passes, these troops like just crisscrossing the countryside. And one thing we also don't get to see is that if two two passes, two troops run into each other, they'll engage what's called a rimpler, which is basically <gasps> ritual Krampus combat. They'll like they'll they'll basically get into a wrestling match. Yeah. Um, oh, and like awesome. it is intense. They, they try to be relatively careful because you don't want to break someone's costume or injure yeah. somebody. But like, yeah, they'll they'll put their blood up and they'll start shoving each other, pushing each other, that sort of thing. Uh, the Nicholases will basically referee essentially, and once they've decided they've had enough, they'll end the match. <laughs> um, and yeah, some there are a couple towns in uh, I think South Tyrol where the local government specifically advo- advises tourists not to visit because okay. they get so violent. Like people get sent to the hospital. Lots mm. of people, like hundreds of people every year. I'm it just, is it is not for the faint of heart. Wow. I'm just picturing like when two groups of orcs come on each other, like come across <laughs> each other, they just start it's, immediately fighting. <laughs> yeah, though it's more awkward than that because they're both wearing like 80 pounds worth of fur. And <laughs> I can find video of it on YouTube. At least you used to be able to. And it's it is a sight to behold. Uh, so can, you I'm say curious. The, can you say it one more time so I can write it yes. down? Rimpler. Um, let me yeah. see. Let me. Let me check my reference and make sure I'm spelling it, how to spell it correctly. Like I said, I will give a list of sources at the end of the end of the show so if people want to look more into this, because there's some there's been some really good work done on this subject. Uh, it looks like it's spelled, if I'm reading this correctly, Rimple, R-E-M-P-L. Oh, R-E. I might be mangling the German there, but I think that's how it's spelled. Yeah, that I definitely I definitely want to look yeah, that up. And, like, I would love like to see that. <laughs> something I'm wondering. So I know that. Uh, so you mentioned that the parents will like slip some names to to who is playing Saint Nicholas right. uh, about who, which one of the children in their household may deserve some intimidation i guess do the kids know that the parents can report them so like do they know that the parents are talking to to saint nicholas uh as far as i can tell the the um the kayfabe on this is no like saint nicholas has what's his golden book that contains all of his knowledge that he, con- okay. he, he travels uh, around with you know he's just omniscient cool that honestly yeah. makes it worse because I was fixing to say like you've just got to be like because if they know like the parents could be like listen I'm I'm gonna call I'm gonna pick up the phone I'm gonna call gonna, but it's like but then it's like they got to be good all the time because Saint yeah. Nick is is watching no matter what. Yeah, I, I we'll do see. believe they sleeping. I do believe they do threaten like you know if you're not good like Krampus will come and get you but like uh-huh. well, it's also assumed that Saint Nicholas knows everything already. Wow, that's why that's I, I don't understand that we have kind of eased up. On that over here because i feel like people have used santa as like a you you better you be good or you're not getting anything but if we had that like 
other force because the, it just seems like it would be an even better way to like <laughs> threaten your kids i guess <laughs> to just be like not only will you not get anything but you're gonna get like a you're gonna get you're, you're, you're gonna, gonna get switched. Your yeah, yeah. <laughs> so intense. Yeah, I, mean, I guess like, i see why i see why but you know in like a i'm thinking like a 1950s world you know <laughs> part of it is i think we just didn't have as much immigration from that part of the world most of the yeah, german I mean, immigrants who came over were from north germany um, and they 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 might have the the pelts nickel who basically combines the two roles together, but like it's they didn't really have like their own Krampus tradition. And in a lot of places they got rid of even got rid of Saint Nicholas, and so they have the the Christkindl, who's basically yeah. sort of this angelic being who goes around giving gifts. Um, it's not nowhere as threatening. And also this <laughs> this practice was dying out. It got revived back in the 1920s again by this one artist, this one artisan who like basically. Did his best to try to revive it, and it worked. Though it was weirdly banned during World War II because the Nazis didn't like Krampus. So, like, by the way, if anyone's worried about this oh. having some kind of like weird neo-Nazi affiliation, it literally does not. Uh, I think the Nazis thought he was too much a symbol of anarchy. Um, okay. So they he was banned in <laughs> Austrian Germany from like the 1930s and up until 1945, and then it was revived again. I like to think it's because they were scared. They knew That's, that yeah, they were being bad. Yeah, yeah, come for them. That's what I was thinking. Uh, <laughs> do you, do you yourself, or I guess have you yourself, like participated in any of the Krampus-related celebrations or events? I've, I've been to a couple Krampus lofts. I've dressed up kind of as a Saint Nicholas. That's about mm-hmm. it. I would like to get an actual Krampus suit, but again, they are very expensive, especially if you want to get the yeah. real deal. And um, I'm sure they're heirlooms, that's... like too. Like once oh, you're there, probably. like passed on, repaired, added to, and hand. Are they handmade by people, like in families? And some things of them like are. That? Yeah. Yeah. And some of them are hand- handed down, though. Also, some of these guys will commission new suits every couple of years. Cool. Um, because yeah. they do start to get worn out because it is sure. like, a very physically demanding thing. Yeah. Um, which again is also a huge outlay of money because they're spending like two, three grand every three years on a new suit. Yeah. Um, so just you the how hot the kids. they are, especially here in Texas, like walking around in all the the robes and yeah. masks. And everything. Yeah, you'd be like <laughs> walking around in a fireman's suit. It's probably yeah, because it's still eighty same. degrees out here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's so heavy. That's a man running eight miles or whatever yeah, around and throwing couches. That's crazy. <laughs> I think that's impressive. Throwing couches. Yeah, <laughs> man, messing the house. No, or tables and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Are the, I'm wondering if the parents are are pissed. I mean, not. I know it's part of it, but like, I if I had children, and I that was a part of this tradition. There's a part of me that's like, man, don't fuck my house up. Like, I'm just going to put up all my china, you know, put yeah. up all the break. <laughs> they don't, they're not as rambunctious as they used to be, partially because of that, because people don't want to get like ash or whatever on their carpets and that yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> so this time they'll just like, they might rearrange your furniture or, you know, scuttle about or something, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Uh, they're not like, kind back in the day, they would like, they would like, knock your stuff over drag ashes out of the fireplace and spread them all over um, the place, trap mud that. everywhere. Um, <laughs> also, sucks. you have to keep in mind, while at least these days they're not supposed to imbibe alcohol, back in the day they would normally get paid in schnapps. So oh, the troop would yeah. get aggressively more and more drunk as the night went on. They still, they're not supposed to do that. It still happens though. At least that's what I've been told. Um, but yeah, yeah, like, especially back in the day, it was like, they were kind of a nuisance sometimes, especially towards the end of the night. Cause they were loaded. I like how Krampus <laughs> self-actualize in that, in that yeah. way. Like the character came through and became real. Yeah. <laughs> not just Krampus, Nicholas. Nicholas would be loaded too. Everybody would be drunk. 
Oh, he, oh, he's jolly as hell, man. But dude, that just fits with yeah, Saint yeah. Nicholas and his dark companions. Everything yeah, about yeah, that yeah. sentence is the coolest thing that I did not know about today until today. I'm so into this. Uh, I am, yeah, I'm very, I'm very. My eyes are much opened. Um, <laughs> and I guess here at the end, is there anything else you kind of want to throw out there for for listeners, um, it, for those interested in exploring? the traditions what advice would you have for like resources what would you recommend right um and if you can get over to austria and see it for yourself but that's this that's yeah. somewhat hard to do because again it, these are very remote regions most of the time they're mostly up mm-hmm. in the ski country in the alps um i've i've seen a couple of people have done it um and it's apparently just an incredible experience but you know like not easy to do you can also find your Krampus lofts in most major cities now if you want to get involved with that find whoever out find out whoever is organizing them they'll usually be able to give you information like how to build a costume that sort of thing uh, like mm-hmm. i live in washington dc and we have our own local Krampus knocked organization that does stuff that's who i usually you know celebrate through i, I work with those people um in terms of getting more information in general the first thing i got to recommend Overall, is the definitive book on the subject uh, by Al Ridenauer, who's an, another folklorist. It's called The Krampus and the Old Dark Christmas, Roots and Rebirth of the Folkloric Devil. Uh, it's like oh, cool. 250 pages. It is an incredible in-depth look at it. You can see Al traveled to these parts in Austria and took part in these, these, um, these activities himself. He interviewed uh, troop members, talked to local anthropologists who were studying the subject, took tons of beautiful pictures also investigate a lot of these other sort of alpine traditions i talked about like the thomas plus a whole host of other stuff um absolutely fantastic book cannot recommend it enough uh, it's been a source for a lot of my information on krampus and related customs mm-hmm. uh, he also runs a podcast called bone and sickle that does cool. touch has a couple episodes on krampus but also deals with folklore more broadly really mm-hmm. like it as well yeah. um what else can i recommend um Linda Radish Radish wrote a book called The Old Magic of Christmas, which does cover Krampus a little bit, but also covers a lot of other quasi-pagan activities, a lot of like herbal lore, mm. ghost lore, elf lore, that sort of thing. Mm. Um that's those that's really good. Uh let's see here. Uh Benito Signorino, the guy I mentioned to the Christmas comics, also does a YouTube series. I think it's called Folklore and Traditions of Christmas or something like that. Let me look at it real quick. Um, and it's basically it's a series of 12 videos, about 45 minutes a piece, um, where he, not just Krampus, but like a whole bunch of other uh, related Christmas traditions. Let me look it up, make sure I got the title right correctly. And one more uh, time, what see. was the name of those comics? I think it's called The Adventures of, Further Adventures of Santa Claus. Okay. Um, oh, and his is uh, YouTube playlist is called magic and legends of old christmas okay um, and then uh let's see here oh and also finally the weird christmas podcast uh does cover this stuff along with a lot of other weird stuff not all that folklore some it's more modern but like they do have a lot of episodes on like both the krampus perkta uh christmas werewolves which is a whole nother thing christmas cool. elves christmas ghost stories um so yeah these they're all really great resources uh, if you're more interested in clinical lore in general, I recommend The Stations of the Sun by uh, Ronald Hutton. That's the book on calendar customs and folklore in the British Isles. It's one of my go-to books. Um, 
so yeah, those those are all the resources I would definitely recommend if this is something you want to get more into because it's a lot of these are very comprehensive. Cool. Yeah, thank you thank so much you for that. that. Uh, you also answered some other questions because we see a lot of questions um, on our episodes about like where can I where can I listen to a podcast that's like just about you know, more this kind of mythical stuff or, you know, this kind of stuff in general. And uh, I think a lot of the times we're just sort of like, I don't know, man. Uh, So I think you're you're answering like some um, background questions as well, which is cool too. But all of that will be linked uh, down below for you guys in the description. Um, And God, man, I am absolutely psyched on this right now yeah i am yeah i feel like i need to have a cup of tea and absorb now just let this all sink into my my brain folds this was fantastic this went i did not expect any of this like considering i didn't know much or at all and have only seen the very americanized crumpets all of this i I was like I thought I was like, no, I know. I know yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. I've got like some posters. I'm in the know. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, absolutely not. This was was uh, enlightening and fascinating. And I can't wait to listen back to it uh, when we're putting the episode together. Uh, and thank you for doing this. This was great. You're welcome. Um, and and if also just, just to self-plug here for a second, if you want to learn more about clinical lore in general, as I mentioned, mm-hmm. I have a Facebook page as well as an Instagram account called supernatural holiday psas uh runs throughout the year though right now i'm in the middle of the big christmas push i'm putting out a new uh you know entry pretty much every day um but like i i cover a bunch of different holidays i try to i've been also been trying to branch out of western lore like i did a whole series on uh, islamic folklore during ramadan uh far eastern south asian that sort of thing um so please feel free to check that out um, if you want these sort of like bite-sized little yeah. bits of info. They're great little reads. I had a good time. I was reading through them earlier this morning and it's just a, it's a nice, lit, and I hate just calling it little because I know you put work in, like real work writing this, but you do a good job at concisely explaining something without it, you mm-hmm. know, being pages and pages. So it's, it's definitely a great little place to go. And I just love, it. it's just like, all right, you'll public service announcement. Let's learn about this <laughs> critter. Yeah. And it's just fantastic. I love it. Yes. Well, my last question was like, uh, where can we find you and all that? So you you beat me to it. So (laughs) I uh, I guess that's it. And I will kick in some we'll kick in some music right now, and we'll kind of we'll do a fade out. I guess. (laughs) Thank you, Brad, so much for talking with us. Uh, Everybody's gonna love this so much. Yeah, thank you. Glad I could help. Thank you so much. very much concerned about how I'm going to read. I've been up since 2.30 this morning. <laughs> I, Why? I don't know, dude. It was just like, fling, eyes open, 2.30. And I like rolled over because I wake up consistently every day at 6 a.m. Without an alarm. I wake up at 6 a.m. It's just Whoa. the way of it. And I woke up and I was like, oh, it must be close to 6 a.m. And I looked at it, it was 2.30 and just, I, it was get, get off the road immediately. <laughs> And because when I'm up, I'm up. And it was like up, up. Like, you know, you're just, I don't know if you've ever woken up and it's just flick, eyes are open and you're just like, well, fuck. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's where I've been. And so I I didn't get my, I get a, this is so whiny and I know it, but if I, I'm so used to seven or eight hours a night consistently. Yeah. 
that if I'm if I lose just a, a couple, especially in this case when I lose a handful, shit gets weird. There there are people that you need those out and listen, that's healthy. That's a healthy getting sleep is so important. But are you starting to see shit move around? Are you having the hallucinations I, yet? I just feel so loopy mm. all day long. Mm. Like I've just kind of it, What did you do? Airhead. Did you get up and like have coffee? Like what did you I know probably not coffee, but like did you just start your day at two thirty or No, I laid around until four. And then I got up at four and uh, just kind of dicked around. And then Hunter got up at five. And then I got coffee when he got up. Because I was like, do I want to try to? And I knew I couldn't. Because I was like, if I'm going to nap, which I'm going to give it a, an honest effort at 3 p.m. today. We're oh. close. But I was like, I'm just going to drink coffee and go about my business. I've been working on crochet and shit for the, for gifts. And that, that's been my day. I, I got dressed about. 20 minutes ago. Do you think that you'll be able to at three? I don't know, dude. I am not confident. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love it. It'd be fabulous. (laughs) But I don't think it's going to happen for me. But I'm wishing for it. Well, I will light a candle. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. All right. I'm going to kick us off here with the old St. Nick spooky stories. We'll find a cute name. Uh, okay. <laughs> Santa Claus horror time. Santa stories. He's got a not. bloody axe for you. I'm trying to work in the I don't think the these are actually. Show. Oh, did you theme these? Because I just saw the word Christmas in, in one of these. Is no. that on purpose? <laughs> uh, yeah. For sure. Uh, Whoa. And it's totally in every story and maybe not just this first one. (laughs) Damn. I've got a story here from Jocelyn. About 10 years ago, I was living back home on the East Coast in rural Massachusetts. Mostly spending time at my boyfriend's house. It was an old farmhouse built in the late 1700s. With old wood floors and a simple design. Perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, sounds nice. The floor plan was perfect for hosting parties with a big Mm. double parlor as a living room. Sweet. And an adjoining dining room with a galley kitchen off to Mm. the back that had access to the backyard. Me, being the hostess that I am, I loved to throw parties with our friends for Thanksgiving, Christmas, the New Year, and... My most loved event was an annual Halloween party where I would go out, where I would go all out, covering the entire house in white sheets, candlesticks, removing all the light bulbs so no one could kill the vibe. Dude, that's a great idea. That's a really good idea. I like that. (sighs) Dry ice, snacks, food, drinks, life-size special effects, zombie skeletons that I found at an estate sale, and literal boxes and boxes of skulls, bones, body parts, and other things that, if discovered in my basement, one would assume that I was clinically insane. Long story short... I would assume you're just really cool. Yeah, I would be like, lit. Long story short, I threw the best fucking Halloween parties ever. Sounds like it. I'd like to go to one. 
When we weren't hosting parties, we were all misfits who worked in the restaurant industry and had small gatherings at the house on uh, most nights where we would just drink wine, sit by the wood stove, and smoke way too many cigarettes like cool young 20-somethings we were. Uh, So there was always a handful of us in the house at any given moment. It wasn't until I started spending time alone in the house that things started occurring. Ah, it happened. Every time I was setting up for those parties, items getting flung off the mantle, the footsteps upstairs when no one else was home, noises in the basement, the classic, hey, you're not alone type stuff. I this like was, to think they're trying to just help get ready for the party. They're they like, are they're actually trying to just hand you the glass, but yeah. they eat it on accident with their they're ghost bad. energy. They're bad with like adjusting how much energy is needed for things. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the they're upstairs, just, they're just trying to make the beds or some shit. You know, jazz for the party, dude. They're just trying to help. Yeah. Uh, mm. There was this one closet door that was swollen shut most of the time because of the humidity. Mm. You would have to use your whole body weight to pull it open. And if you managed to do so, there was this loud squeaking and scraping against the wood floor as it turned that. on its hinges. A few times in the house as I was party prepping... The door would silently swing fully open, me watching it slowly creep and softly stop once fully ajar. That's awful. That's (laughs) awful. I don't like that one bit. It also indicates that like, because it's it's more than just, hey, a ghost opened the door. Like if it still squeaked and stuff, I'd be like, that sucks. But the silent part and like the ease of it indicates that there's That's some awful. kind of manipulation of like reality. Not a fan. Yeah. And that's kind of similar to I feel like uh, either the one before or the spooky said before yes. that we had a story about a cabinet door that would do the same shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, you had to like full ass put your body into it. But the ghost is just like, yeah. hmm. That's why they're always throwing lighter shit is because they're just fucking beefs that walk around. What if they're swole? Well, yeah. they're su- you get super swole. It's one of the perks. Spirit strength. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, me watching it slowly creep and softly stop once fully ajar. I walk over. Okay, this is not normal. And I go and shut it. I have to use force to do so. The squeaking and scraping noise. Uh, try to open it back up and it would be swollen shut again. The most indescribable thing I have witnessed was was uh, when my boyfriend and I were home making dinner. He was in the kitchen, and I walked through the house to his bedroom to go grab my phone. As I enter the room, my crossbody purse, which was on a wooden chair in the corner, had its uh, long stu- had its long strap suspended midair. That's terrible too. That sucks. <laughs> That's so awful. Ew, my eyes are so uh, yeah. watery. <laughs> yeah. That's a nightmare. Uh, uh, <laughs> I why is that so bad? I don't know why. I don't know why. That one really got to me, though. Um, oh. I froze. And I was watching it suspended there for seemingly 10 to 20 seconds, which doesn't seem like a long time until you're frozen in disbelief. No, it does. It, it does. <laughs> then, as if dropped... It fell, but continued to swing back and forth like a pendulum for another 10 to 20 seconds until it stopped abruptly instead of slowly losing momentum. That's not good. Finally. I do like, I think I skipped a little part here that I thought was funny. Uh, When they're talking about the time, they're like, which doesn't seem long until you're frozen in disbelief while every pore of your skin is trying to peel off your body. (laughs) 
I get that. I get that, man. Uh, Finally, able to leave my frozen state, I grabbed my phone and instantly went to tell my boyfriend what happened. His back was to me as I entered the kitchen. The fridge door was wide open and a jar of jam was on its side in the middle of the floor. Thinking nothing of it because I was so shocked by what just happened, I picked it up, put it on the shelf, and was like, dude, what the fuck? To my boyfriend, telling him every detail. And he just replies, I hate this. Telling him every detail as he replied, you're crazy and wouldn't look in my direction. Something's up. Ah, uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about That's that. That's not good. After What's up that- with the jam? <laughs> it's on a jam. <laughs> After that night, things started happening more and more, small things, but closer to me. I was making cookies one night while having friends over. Those highly laced with chemicals, packages of Toll House pull-apart cookies that are just Shit, so delicious. Yeah. You overlook how bad. Dude, those can oh, get it. The white chocolate macadamia ones. Those are good? Are so good, dude. And I like an oatmeal. I like an oatmeal raisin. Like and I'm pretty it. sure they make an oatmeal raisin one. Miss me with those raisins, but I'll take an oatmeal. Listen, the... Hey. I forget what the brand is. Pillsbury. Oh, of course it's Pillsbury because it's got that little fat bitch on the front. And he. it's just mm-hmm. the plain chocolate chip. If you break two of those squares and mush two squares together, then roll them out and put them on the pan, they make the perfect size chewy cookie. Just a little Good tip. Good to know. little tip for you. Um, okay. We all know those packages they come in. I was leaning against the counter looking at my phone as I was waiting for the oven to heat up. As if someone hit the package on the counter, it fell onto the floor with the force of someone coyly tapping the plastic packaging. Another, hey, I'm here too, type of gesture. I instantly walked into the adjoining dining room to turn on a light, and as I went to switch the lamp, a picture frame just fell to the floor. I ran upstairs, and again, my boyfriend paid no attention and said I was crazy. If you're wondering, we aren't together. Turns out I'm way too magical for him. Now, hold on. Is something okay, happening I thought they were getting like possessed dick? for a second, or were they just, yeah, an absolute <laughs> yeah. fucking walnut? <laughs> I started to wonder about the hit of walnut. I started to wonder about the history of the house and why I was the only one encountering uh, these occurrences. With the age of the house, I assumed that there must be something. Turns out the house belonged to an old farmer's family that owned a flour mill. The lady of the house was notoriously known to host parties and have events on the property like weddings and luncheons, to which the whole town was invited. A light bulb turned on my head, and I connected that these events happened around the same times uh, when I was hosting. I never felt threatened, but always had a sort of I'm here too feeling. I truly believed it was the spirit of the lady of the house, the buzz before company, or so they really were trying to help. The buzz Mm -hmm. before company or a house party bringing her back to when she used to host parties herself. I find pleasure in thinking that she was trying to help prepare the house with me before our guests arrive. Years later, long after my boyfriend and I broke up, our paths crossed and he told me, you know how I always thought you were crazy for seeing and hearing things in that house? Well, after we broke up and you weren't around, I started hearing things too. It made me think of the time you told me about your purse swaying in my bedroom when you had walked in to tell me what happened just seconds before the fridge door opened by itself, the jar fell onto the floor, rolled and stopped abruptly in the middle. I didn't want to tell you because you were already so spooked and I was in disbelief, but now I know you weren't crazy. I think of that house often, and I wonder, 
glad it happened to me. you. Yeah, and yeah, glad yeah. she's not crazy. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> I, Watch their like best friends now, and we're just like you. Like, yeah, I was, it's fucking wow. Uh, wow, wow, though Christ. that's actually pretty fucked. Yeah, that's intense. Uh, the I don't like you. You know what I like to think about though? Hmm. The purse one, I just don't like. Period. I yes. I can't. I don't like picturing that. The closet, I like to think that that was like the old broom closet. You know, like mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. maybe when like, getting ready for com- like that was where things like that were Storage kept. You gotta and get one, that door yeah. open like, to like, you yeah. know, get things out of there. Uh <sighs> perhaps perhaps she just really liked the purse and like it was like, Oh, a costume piece. I'm gonna put this on. You know, I don't know, man. That's still pretty rough. I hate it. I don't I don't really here's the thing. Seeing something get knocked over is one thing, but seeing something defy gravity <laughs> is so intense. To me, it's like, uh, I could see a coat float in the air for a little while. And of course, that would be way worse, I think, than just the coat falling on the ground. But if the coat, like, was a, like wrapped around someone, it, it's, oh, the, it's no. the act of, like, being on an invisible yeah. person that gets me. Yeah, I don't love it. <laughs> I'd rather it be anything else. I don't know why. I'd be, just be a shadow. I'm cool with that. Be I'd be like better a, with that than this. Crawl across the floor backwards like a crab, and I would be cooler <laughs> than a fl- that. No, I don't like it because the you know what it is. You know what the problem is to not. It's do. added to the list. You're yeah. right. Added to the list. Uh, it's it's because it leaves it up to your imagination. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would rather see your ass as a fully formed apparition, yeah. pick the purse up and wear it for a few seconds, than have to fill in the, the blanks. So yeah, that would actually be kind of cute. That would be cute. Listen, ghosts, if you're going to pick things up and try them on, do us the kindness of being in your full opaque form, please. And thank you. Yes. Show yourself. Yes. Please. <laughs> Show yourself. Whew. All right. We've got we got another one. This one is from Sarah. So here we go. Currently halfway through spooky, 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 14. And I was listening to another story. It reminded me of an experience I had that I'd buried so deep down that I'd forgotten it happened. Without further ado, here's the memory that you recently unlocked for me. Trigger <gasps> warning, I suppose, is in order and it gets a little scary. And I almost or and I almost unsubscribe from life. I live in Willamette Valley of the Green State, Oregon. I know that that's one like, from the game. That's where the Oregon Trail ended. Yeah. yeah. Uh, back in, well, I think it was either June or July of 2015, I went through a nasty breakup. The kind you see in movies. But this drama was real. Hmm. We'd been friends for 10 years and had been dating for about four. I always said that we were lifetime sweethearts as we'd grown up together and fallen in love. Little did my naive heart know. He'd been cheating on me the whole time. Bitch. I was only 22 at the time, devastated and heartbroken. Fully believing my life was over, I decided to go for a drive down to Newport, Oregon. The beach was my favorite place. It was our first date, and I felt it was the perfect place to cry and give myself the proper closure. As a young woman, I knew I was going to... As a young woman, I knew going to the beach alone could be dangerous, so I brought my German shepherd, Athena, sweet, with me. She also loves the beach and car rides and spending time with me, so she was happy to come. Have you ever had a dog that loved car rides? 
dude, I have a couple, man. Really? Like, well, Dinah does. Dinah's so cute. She rides like I. I usually like to keep them contained, but if it's a short little trip, she'll ride on the little like puts likes to put her back feet or front feet on the console and like co-captain. And <laughs> she's got incredible balance, and she does this thing. This is a quick departure, but it's the cutest thing. So like, imagine so she's standing up because she's a mile long. So her back little legs are on the floorboards in the back seat, and her front legs are up on like the up on the console. Mm-hmm. But she's like actually decently high up on it. When you say and that, we, I know you mean the middle console, but I'm picturing. Her feet are on the floorboards in the back seat, and she's stretching all the way to like the passenger side, like where the airbag is. That's terrible. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> but she's so cute, and she's got great agility. She's such an amazing little mountain goat dog, and so she adjusts to curves, you know, because like when we turn, she's got to account for. I've never known a dog to do that. They just fall over. <laughs> Well, and she'll put the the appropriate foot on whoever's shoulder is sitting in that seat. So it's like if we're turning left and she needs to account, she'll like, or if we're turning right, I guess, or how I don't remember how G force works until I'm in the fucking car. But like, and she's got to lean a little bit. She'll like brace, and you'll just feel like a little foot just press into your shoulder, <laughs> and then the turn will end, and she'll she'll put it back. And that's just how she that's how she does. So cute. But anyway, that's a departure from where we were. Well. Also, allow me one second longer departure, and I just want to remind you and tell everyone out there, we know someone who, like, their dog hated car rides so much that they shit, like, liquid (laughs) shat all over the interior of their brand new car. Into the air conditioner. (laughs) Like, in the mesh of the speakers. It's just, (laughs) burn it. Burn the whole thing down. (laughs) Awful. Okay. Um, All right, so sorry. Her and I got there just in time to watch the sunset. It was beautiful. We walked alone along the South Beach, stopping to dig holes and chase seagulls. It was completely dark once we'd made it back to the car, but I wasn't ready to go home yet. I should have. I drove us over to the South Jetty so we could walk to the edge and look out into the ocean and night sky. This is when things got weird. As Athena and I started walking down the jetty, I began to feel a weight in my chest, a thick heaviness that deepened with every step forward. No one was around, so I felt free to begin crying openly, while Athena pulled back on her leash and growled. She was only about a year old, but trained rather well and had never acted that way before. I looked back at her confused. Her half-damp hair was standing straight up, giving her a semi-silly mohawk. Come on, Nana. Oh, that's cute. Not like Athena. No, no. Cute. You're okay. I remember saying through tears, let's go to the edge. I tugged gently on her leash and turned over to continue walking. Athena, however, was having none of that. She sat straight down, barked once and let out another low growl. I was immediately, unreasonably angry. And I threw her leash down, not wanting to argue with a damn dog. You want to stay? Fine. I'll go alone. I turned and stomped away. The weight in my chest grew and I began sobbing uncontrollably, but for whatever reason, I had to get to that edge. I stumbled and crawled, and when I finally made it to the edge, I collapsed. Curling into the smallest ball, scraped knees pulled to my chin, I laid on the ground and gasped out deep guttural sobs, heartbroken and alone. After some time, I noticed Athena's bark had changed. She sounded wild, out of control, and very far away. I calmed myself enough to yell at her when I heard another something crying behind me. 
Blinking tears from my eyes, I unfurled myself. My back was to the edge, about four feet away, and Athena, about 20 feet away, was in front of me, wildly bounce barking like she was trying to run to me but was stuck in place. Everyone talks about getting a cold chill during their experiences, like somebody blew cold air down their necks. What I felt was ice. My hair stood on end as I whipped around to see a woman in white. She appeared to be facing the ocean, her back to me. She had long hair that seemed to dance with her dress in a wind that I couldn't feel. Having just ugly cried for I don't know how long, I rubbed my swollen eyes to get a clearer look at what I was seeing. When I reopened them, she was much closer, facing me with an outstretched hand, still sobbing like I had been. Her mouth never moved, but I heard a voice whisper, come with me. I thought for a moment how easy it would be to get up and follow her off the edge into the ocean, and I felt myself begin to stand. I could barely hear Athena's barking anymore, and I was completely fixated on her outstretched hand. The woman, still crying, but somehow now, somehow, or uh, the woman still crying, but somehow, God damn it. The woman, still crying but smiling now somehow, floated back past the edge, and the waves that crashed against the jetty misted through her. I took a step forward and felt a warm, gentle hand on my left shoulder holding firmly me in place. Fists up and ready to fight, I looked over to see the emptiness of the ocean below. I turned forward again to check on the woman, only to see more of the same empty blackness of the Pacific Ocean. Wait, did I skip a part? Hold on. I don't think so. Oh, okay. My brain just didn't register the warm hand on the shoulder. Okay, my my B. I turned forward again to check on the woman, only to see more of the same empty blackness of the Pacific Ocean. Athena seemed to materialize next to me, less barky, More panting, high-pitched wine cries as she sniffed and licked me all over, thoroughly freaked the fuck out, and hopped up on a shit ton of adrenaline. I scooped her up and carried her 60-pound ass all the way back to the car. The whole drive back, I praised Athena and vowed I would never doubt her again. I also apologized to her for being that dumb white bitch that dies in all the horror movies and promised (laughs) to never do that again either. Thinking back on it now, I'm very thankful not only to my amazing hairy baby, but to what also or but to whatever spirit guide had my back that day. Who was that? That's a lot. I Dude. love the image of the waves misting through her. Through the yeah, with her hair. I like the wind blowing in the hair. Um I want that illustrated. That sounds Listen. I think if that were to beautiful. happen to me, my spirit team would just be like, ah. You want to come hang? We're going to put the effort forth to like warm our hands up and touch her. No, let her go, man. I don't know. I mean, there's like <laughs> one of them in your kitchen at all times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna fuck around and piss somebody off. Um, I, was, I feel like if they don't come for you, they're not coming for anyone. What's the uh, what's the uh, the the dog? The dog had like um, 
the perception there was strange. Like the dog couldn't seemingly get to her. Like force field dog. That's or? pretty. That's pretty freaky. That the dog seemed to have been held by force field. Right. Yeah. Of some Maybe fashion. it was just like a, a bubble of like I don't know. Or the dog was there the whole time, and she didn't like perceive it. I don't know, man. Well, that was her dog. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, like, when she, like, thought she saw it, like, not being able to get to her. Oh, I I don't know. I, it's, well, and that, I think, it, I feel like if something can kind of do, like, the hand wavies, be like, think this instead. Come right. with me. I like to think that it can just, like, point at the dog and be like, stay, bitch. <laughs> and it will. And the dog is, like, so well trained. It's just like, oh, okay, I guess, uh- man. What do I do here? Imagine, imagine how frustrating it is to to be a dog in a situation like to that. Receive. To be like, just yeah. fucking listen to me, dude. Come on, man. Especially when they give you the very final, like, sit down. Because I always feel like when a dog sits down, they're like, no, nah, I, 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 I will take no steps further. <laughs> That's scary. All of that was, that was scary. Intense. Well, I'm glad that uh, it turned out the way it did. And you're not, you know, down there with. With the orcas and whatnot. Thank you. And um, with that woman. I mean, is it like one of those horrible things to where it's like, she's got to get someone to take her place and or then she just become lonely. the maybe woman she, on the cliff? She was, maybe she had a similar situation. She was brokenhearted and, you know, she went. So maybe she was, maybe now like that's her thing. She's like, I gotta, yeah, I gotta get y'all into the water, man. I don't know. Add that to the list of things not to do. <laughs> don't coax me into the afterlife, please. Yeah, I just just don't do that. But let, let me figure it out on my own, please. Yeah, <laughs> it's soon enough, man. Come on, <laughs> for for you guys on the other side, it's like a seventy years has got to feel like a blink of an eye. Just chill out. Oh yeah, it's like just uh, is this like a is is very it's got to feel like instant gratification, right? I mean, like to like how short our lives are to them, just like. But that's the thing. It's like how many how is there. How often has that been successful? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I have another tail. Why is this one blue? What was I thinking? (laughs) Okay. I have another tail from Nixie. When my great grandmother died in the late 2000s, I was in my early 20s and I had never attended a wake or funeral before. And the open casket rocked me. It was so surreal to see my great grandma. It was so surreal to see great grandma's body without her living in it. It was her, but it wasn't. It was instead an empty shell that once contained someone that I saw every weekend, whose tired blue mm-hmm. eyes still lit up uh, at a good joke, especially if she had been the one to tell it, or the gift <laughs> of fla- <laughs> or the gift of flowers I proudly arranged myself. It disturbs me so much that I had a hard time sleeping for some nights after the funeral. One night I had a dream that I was inside the church her funeral was held in, and the pews were empty. I was the only one there. I recall feeling anxious and not understanding why I was there alone. I slowly walked down the aisle towards the altar while holding a uh, a single white taper candle in both hands. It was lit, and the flame remained steady until I got to the end of the aisle, where I stopped. I don't know what or who told me to stop there. I just did it. As soon as I paused, the flame went out, and a simple wisp of smoke snaked in the air above the candle. Then I felt peace. 
I awoke the next morning feeling comfort, relief, and love. I knew immediately Great Grandma sent me that dream, and it meant so much to me, as it still does to this day, because she and I were never really able to bond due to me being an awkward, shy kid who couldn't connect well with adults. Mm. I imagine it might have uh, stung a bit to see how deeply bonded I am with my great-grandmother, or I'm sorry, with my grandmother, her daughter, and that we weren't able to have the same. But the love of our cherished ancestors transcends the limits of human human bodies, and I was thrilled to discover her waiting for me for the first time. I accessed the Akashic Records myself a few years ago. Great-grandma and I connect once in a while, and I'm glad to know that she's got my back from the other side. See that one's sweet. not spooky. That one's really sweet. Yeah. I love a good I love a good uh grandma or great grandma, just grandma in general ghost story. <laughs> I thought you're just going I love a good grandma. I love a good grandma. I mean, I do. Grandma. But I uh I there there's oftentimes they're pretty sweet. I feel like we did get a real creepy one about the old woman in like the music room that that per- oh, or like yeah. the game room, the playroom that that <laughs> person had, but like aside from that, we feel like they've they've generally been sweet. I thought the grandma was protecting. Oh, wait. Do you remember the woman in the chair? That's the one I mean. Okay. Yeah, I might be getting yeah. stories mixed up. I, she was in a chair specifically. That's yeah, the yeah, one that yeah, I think yeah, of. Yeah. It's horrible. Oh. Oh, scary. All yeah, right. y'all, if y'all have stories that aren't necessarily like, like horrific, like if you, but are just like sweet other sides, send those too, man. I, I want all of them. Yeah. I, and usually it's nice. We accidentally get a decent mix. Most episodes, yeah. I feel yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, We get a yeah. good, little, good little mix. Yeah. So this kind next of a, one was sent. Remind us that it's it's not all scary over there. It's not all scary. Ghosts can be good. They can be sweetie pies. <laughs> and we'll see how this next one goes. Uh, uh, this one was sent in by Chelsea. So I don't dream regularly. Like, I, I just don't remember them. I, me too. I'm the same way. Only a handful of times over my whole life, I've remembered my dream or dreams from the night before. The dreams are always hyper-realistic, awful, and would contain me with someone I love. Either the next day or within a week, that person would pass away. Unfortunately, my daddy, both of his parents, and both of my mom's parents all at different times in my life between fifth grade and senior year of high school. Damn. So this really rattled me. It was a dream, but I didn't realize until I woke up. My husband and I were asleep in our bed with our two-year-old son asleep between us. I, quote, woke up when I felt the weight of my son suddenly lift up and away from the bed. Hoping to catch him before he rolled on top of my husband, I lunged and he wasn't there. Anyone who sleeps with a toddler will know the absolute chaos it entails. Furthermore, my husband is a terrible sleeper. Any little thing will wake him, and he seemed solidly solidly asleep for a change. I immediately sat up in bed, all of my hair on end, cold sweating, and with that need to crawl out of your skin, something's Uh. wrong feeling. Somehow, my husband didn't stir at all. I angled my head up. Suspended in air was my son. Fast asleep, floating upwards towards a writhing swirl of shifting darkness with its claws outstretched, pulling my son towards it. I screamed and its head whipped at me, Ah! whipped to look at me, glowing red eyes narrating or narrowing. (laughs) No, the eyes aren't talking. (laughs) 
Ooh. Uh, where are we? Okay. Glowing red eyes narrowing and an evil smirk stretching across its face. My husband peacefully snored. In that moment, a protective rage overtook me, body and soul, so completely. I didn't speak as much as I growled at the thing. I called upon a golden protective light energy from the ground, and for the first time, I could actually see it. Visualize it as well as feel it shoot through me. And let me tell you, the golden light knew how I felt and formed itself into the image and size of a mother grizzly bear. Yeah, fuck off, dude. Like a goddamned Patronus. <laughs> the thing paused for a second, and I took the opportunity to literally roar, absolutely fucking not, and the thing hissed. I growled, put my son down now, and do not fuck with my family, our animals, or our land, or I will fucking destroy you. There will be nowhere you can hide, and there will be nothing you can do. I will end you. That's not a threat. It's a fucking promise, even if it takes my eternity. Oh, I love a good threat. Oh, I love a good threat. I love a I will come for you even if I die type threat. I have a very specific set of skills. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I got a lot of time on my hands. You're in the afterlife. I'll find you. <laughs> I absolutely meant every word of it. The thing knew it. I wouldn't say it was scared, but it lowered my son to the bed and disappeared through the wall to the outside. It must have thought I would be too much trouble because I've never seen slash dreamed or felt its presence since. I didn't let my son out of arm's width for a month, even though I was pretty sure it had been an astral thing and not a premonition of death. I wasn't taking a chance. We live in the country close to a natural wilderness or we live in the yeah country close to a natural wilderness area within a national park. And high strangeness is mm. always fucking around. So sometimes I pull up the energetic mama bear. And let her loose to patrol and scare the shit out of the nasties that lurk around us. Fucking sweet. If you were, what would, what do you think your golden light scare the baddie away be? Would it be the wings or would you become like an animal? I usually, man, that's kind of a tough question. The wings are usually handy. But in a situation mm. like that, I – so I've got my kind of other name, you know? Yes. And that yes. other name yes. is attached kind of to another version of myself and, like, the the energetic version of myself almost. That's Yes. And I feel like she is who I would call upon. Okay. All right. Sick. So we're together, but different. And, and, and like, it's kind of evolved over some years, but like, I have, I use her often. Never. I've never received the other name. I don't know if I will. Uh, but sometimes when we talk about it and I, I get to thinking about it a little too hard. Like when you were talking about it just now in the back of my head, I was like, I wonder if I'm ever going to get my, and then my brain started rifling through, <laughs> like pretending it was getting signals and my brain just went Lipitor. <laughs> Could you be doing more? With Lipitor? That's, that's my that's my other world witch name or whatever. That's why I'm Lipitor. Dude, it's actually kind of sweet oh, if you it. don't know about Lipitor as a drug. Just Lipitor. Lipitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you had no clue, 
Uh-huh. That's awesome. Uh, what would your animal be? <laughs> what would your, uh, what would you be? The first thing that came to mind was like an orca because they terrify me. Um, but also it would be funny just to see a big one like flopping around and just energetically and just being like, this isn't where I'm from. In all honesty, maybe I hate to be like, the, like uh, maybe a big fuck off elephant. I like had a, a feeling that's what you were going with. Off elephant. It's effective. Yeah. It'll let it hit the yeah. thing with its trunk. Yeah. Like it'll fuck you up if it needs to. What if know? it spews out gold magic like water out of its little trunk? Kill like a spout. Have you seen that video of like a, I think it's a hippo, maybe a rhino, I don't know. And it's pooping, but it's circling its little tail around, so it's just it's just sending a fan of poop everywhere. Maybe that's what my elephant will do too. Except it'll be golden nugs. Gr- you ever seen that video? Uh I'm going to send it to you. Okay. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, good. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I have a story. That's my second, like, poo-poo joke. I'm going to be done with that for this episode. Sorry. <laughs> um, I have another one. Listen, I've got a story here from Josh. And there's a little foreword here from Josh that I just think is... <sighs> we just have to warn them, maybe... Because it starts off and says, hello, my name is Josh. My wife, Emily, has been a friend of the show for many years, and I've been more of a casual listener. I've always been fascinated by the show's subject matter, and that fascination turned to pure joy when I heard my first spooky sode, number 15. I've been binging the spooky sodes one and a half uh, in a serving is enough in reverse order, and I'm excited to... S- <laughs> Listen to this, Macy. I'm excited to get to spooky sode number four. I love that that Should one has... Di- I know. I think that they know because of the reputation, because you'd only want to get there if you know about why you need to get there. I thought it was just like an offhanded, like, oh, the next one I happen to be listening to is four. And we should be like, hold on. <laughs> no, you got you to gotta experience um, it like everybody else in the dark. Yeah. You, don't, you just got to go in go knowing nothing. To that one, dude. Yeah, yeah. Expect your your devices to go haywire for a little while. Okay, here's our story from Josh. I've always been skeptical of, but open to, the otherworldly and the paranormal. There are experiences that I have had that I cannot explain, let alone felt comfortable talking about. Hearing so many stories from other listeners uh, and your own stories have helped with that. The first experience happened when I was between five and seven years uh, old and happened maybe only three times. I was visited by things. I don't know if they were ghosts, aliens, or something else completely. If I had to guess, I would say alien. I remember waking up late at night, my face toward the wall of the bedroom. I turn over to see I'm being watched by three or four tall beings, backlit by a brilliant golden light. Due to the overwhelming light, all I could see were tall, dark, featureless entities. Gross. There were no direct contact. There was no direct contact that I can remember. It just felt like they were looking at me. As though I were a sample under a glass slide. Mm. My brother and I had a bunk bed for years, but he never saw or felt a thing. Macy, what do you think about that? Aliens! Aliens! (laughs) My next experience happened when I was about 19. 
I was attending massage therapy school. I know what that's like. In a building that used to be a funeral home with a mortuary and crematorium in the basement. Obviously. It was my turn to be the practice client in Reiki class. During my session, I sensed multiple spirits watching me from the old cold storage room. Even though I never opened my eyes, I was on a self-destructive, depressed slope and obsessed with death and wanting to die then. I believe that mindset combined with the energy work opened the door for them to be felt. I felt like they were watching with intense pity. Others in the... That's sad, dude. Ooh, that hit different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, others in the class said they sensed something, but not like this. The spirits were completely formed, except for their eyes. The eyes were empty, ash gray holes, uh, but their stare was piercing nonetheless. Mm. Maybe they were cremated. I remember an elderly looking woman who looked so sad for me, like she just wanted to give me a hug or something. The spirits faded as my session, as my session came to an end, and I thought I would never see them again. I could, wait, I'm sorry. And though I never saw them again, I could still feel them. I can still feel something there when I drive by 13 years later. In my 20s, I saw the classic Lady in White a few to oh, by the ocean, uh, a few times while jogging by Salt Lake City Cemetery in Utah. That place is haunted as fuck, by the way. (laughs) My brother and I captured unexplainable growling on a recorder uh, at the headstone of Lily E. Gray, a legend in some circles of Utahns, Utahns, Utonia, Utahites. We saw orbs and the tried and true blacker than black shadow figures running around. If given the chance, I'd recommend you check out this haunt. Downtown Salt Lake City has many noted haunted buildings. And then there is a uh, some reference here for us, for the record, Lily E. Gray, Utah State Archives Records. Uh, there is a... Ooh, wait, hold on. This is an image link. Sorry, guys. This isn't for y'all. This is just for me. <laughs> Good little treat. Oh, it's a headstone. Okay, it's a picture of the headstone. Oh, my God. It says Lily E. Gray... June 6th, 1881 to November 14th, 1958. And then it says victim of the beast 666. Excuse me? I gasped, but not in fear, but in like, oh, that's sweet. And I almost I almost <laughs> stole Henry Zabrowski's because it was the, immediately yeah, yeah, the first yeah. thing that I could think of. <laughs> the beast 666. <laughs> uh if if I were to, I'm not planning on it, but if I were to be buried and have a headstone, I would straight want something like that. That's awesome. On my, on mine. That's okay. Uh, I am now, sorry if the story's like really dark, we're not familiar with it. We'll, we'll learn, but like that, you know, uh, I am now 32 years old and my most recent experience happened just this last week as I typed this. My wife and I were house sitting for our friends. Before this, we were never in the house for more than three hours at a time. Among the usual chores, we were also taking care of nine chickens and the sweetest pit bull you could imagine. By the second or third night, something felt off. I could tell my wife and I were being watched. I was petrified by their... Oh, okay. 
I was petrified at first by their appearance, but I came to believe that whatever is in the house was there to protect our friend's children, and they were just curious as to why we were in the space that we did not belong. One night, I opened my mind to them to try and communicate. I let them know my wife and I had good intentions in the house, and that we would never hurt the kids, and that they are there. we are there to protect. Our friends believe that one of the ghosts is her deceased mother, which makes perfect sense. As for the other ghosts, Grandma allows them to be there, so I guess they check out. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the picture. Um, Maybe we'll. I'm uh, about to copy that link and and open it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll put it. it. We'll put it somewhere for you guys to see. see Maybe on the Facebook. Uh, What's the story there? Victim her? of the know. Beast 666, 1958. It's just cool sounding. I, you yeah. know, I just, you I got a victim of, like, yeah. murdered by, or yeah. like, she became devilish. Like, uh, well, you know what? Save it. Maybe it's a spooky zone topic. <laughs> it, it might be. Uh, I was trying to do uh, a rapid search, like, quick skim. Um, to to see if we can find out find out what it means, yeah. Because I'm I'm in it. I'm hooked. I'm loving it. Intrigued. Here we go. This one was sent in by Cassie. My name is Cassie, and if you remember the stories in Spooky So Seventeen about a preschool teacher's classrooms located on a college campus that is the site of the old asylum, that's me. I do remember that actually. Oh yeah. I'm sending in a few more. Scary stories. Scary story number one. Oh. When I was... <laughs> <laughs> when I was about eight, my family and I lived in an old brick house in South Central Ohio that I was always told was part of the Underground Railroad. The basement was full of hidden tunnels, so it very well could have been, but there was a closed-off maid's quarters, complete with a separate stairwell leading from it to the kitchen. It was the kind of house where the parents would have a room, then all the boys in one bedroom and all of the girls in the other with babies and toddlers in the nursery. As a result, my bedroom was large enough that I could do a cartwheel across it easily and had a slightly shorter door between my room and my parents' room. It was the old nursery, and while my pride said that my younger brother should have had the nursery, my instincts told me that I could not have the bedroom with the faces on the door. You heard that correctly. My brother's bedroom was across the landing at the top of the stairs, and the two men who built the house had somehow used the wood grain and stain to put their faces into the panels. Oh. Oh, we mean like, okay. You couldn't tell unless you looked. But once you knew it was there, you could never forget it or got over the eerie feeling of being watched. Whenever someone was alone at the house, we heard running and giggling, footsteps on stairs, and felt a presence. All normal things for a house with so much history. My dad always adamantly denied the presence of anything creepy, but later in our lives admitted to chasing a little girl around our house one weekend while they're, quote, alone. Uh, Chill. I don't remember. Don't make me chase you. I don't remember my, yeah, it is, are you, are you. Uh, was she solid? Was it like a trick? Was it like, who's who is this girl in my house? Yeah, <laughs> were they being chased out? I I'm curious. Like, I I would. Uh, that's brave, though. I if I it would have to be a solid child because if I saw a smoky Dude. child running, I'm not chasing them. I'm 
I'm gone. I'm going to turn to liquid and pass through the quickest crack to me I can find. Dude, can you imagine the balls on someone to be like, oh, that's it. Come here, you fucker. I know, dude. I just can't. <laughs> the absolute <sighs> balls. I'm crawling into the ceiling and hope nobody notices. I'm, I'm yeah. out of there. If I'm that ghost, I'm, I'm booking it. I'm running away. Are you kidding me? Oh, wow. You're going to chase me and I'm a ghost? Oh, what are you going to do when you catch oh, me? Oh, yeah. That's a whole I'm other. Scared. You're right. Yeah. I didn't mean. Yeah. That's a whole other thing. If you're a ghost and you're so used to the reactions you get and then someone looks at you and is like, you. And just yeah. <laughs> runs at you. I'm immediately. I'm. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. I. Uh, that might be a really good strategy. Uh, confused <laughs> yeah the next time any kind of spooky demon shows run, up in your room run at it just go for naruto it. naruto <laughs> yes, runs right at it, it. <laughs> like an ash ketchum go for it with his little side run little sidearm <laughs> extension just run. say like finally yeah and jump at it yeah yeah wow okay so cool all right chase chase the chaser chase that ghost around I don't remember my earliest memories of ghosts in the house, but I remember telling my dad that there were ghosts in the house and him telling me that there were not ghosts. Ghosts were not real. I told him that they were, and he exasperatedly told me, okay, when you see one, tell it to come see me. Was that before or after the child showed up? (laughs) Dude... Dude, this person is like the the like end all be all like ghost hunter. I am really impressed. What Zach Bacon's wishes? Yeah, they were. I like it. I desperately wanted to see one. I think up until now I had just heard and felt them, so I couldn't tell it to to go see them or to go see him and prove to him that I was correct. That night or shortly after, I woke up in the middle of the night. I had that ironic 90s metal bunk bed that, or iconic, ironic. not ironic. Iconic. <laughs> so ironic. Oh. <laughs> it's like, is it an ironic bunk bed if there's only one person in the house? Yeah, it's ironic. I did not sleep well. Uh, I had that iconic 90s metal bunk bed that was a twin on top, yep, and a double or queen or something on the bottom. Mm. Mine was red. The bottom bunk was decked out with 101 Dalmatian bedding and stuffed animals of Purdy Pongo and their original 13 pups. That's cute. The rest of the 101 pups were on the top bunk. The problem was that tonight the bed was floating lots of floating lots of floating today yeah, things floating the woman floated on the on the them. on the yeah. jetty the purse strap the floated purse. like no thanks we just i i don't lots of floating the sun the sun was floating. the sun that was the, the other one yeah that was the other one yeah the, uh. the child in the dream lots of floating uh don't love that i woke up to a gentle rocking Side to side, but as if somebody was trying to hold it steady and failing to do so. That's a really good way to describe that. I know exactly what you mean. I opened my eyes and my red bed was now glowing blue and moved away from the wall. Not to mention that I swear it was rocking in the air slightly. I saw slash felt a ghost, also blue, more of a blob than humanoid, upright in the air above me slash beside the bed. I pulled Purdy and Pongo close and managed to say, go see my dad and leave me alone. (laughs) Okay, good follow through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
fantastic. I'm really impressed with everybody in this story. I opened my eyes and a few more times, or I opened my eyes a few more times, and each time everything was the same. I finally gripped on to Patch for dear life uh, and closed my eyes, forcing myself to sleep. The next day, Dad looked like he had not slept well. He wouldn't oh. admit that anything was wrong. But he did ask, how did I manage to pull my bed out from the wall? You know how, you know. You know. You know what it is. I told, I told him to come to you. They told you. I know they yeah. did. <laughs> I love that. I love the idea of just telling a ghost to get, like, go see my dad. Go talk to my dad. Go to, go to my neighbors. I yeah. I loved the, uh, like, person, the character personification of the, the stuffed dalmatians like i i really like that you know just i finally gripped onto patch for dear life it's like they're it's, it's cute i like the way that it's written patch uh story number two i'm a teacher i'm a teacher and my teacher friends and i had an annual skip day pre-covid each year we got a bonus if we didn't take a day off during the last x amount of days in the school year so we would take off the friday before the cutoff for this yeah, skip yeah, yeah. day, we decided to head to the Cincinnati History Museum in Ohio f- to see their Viking exhibit. Not ready for the day to be over, we found a haunted location on the way back called Peter's Cartridge Company. The site was founded in 1887 and stopped producing ammunition and gunpowder in 1944. A few other companies oh. had used the buildings, but it was abandoned in 1968. While producing gunpowder and, amu- and ammunition, a wooden dam was used to create a canal for powder. The area was used for production of ammunition through both world wars, and explosions happened so frequently during its history and caused so much death that they became mundane. Oh, there was another explosion today. Whoa. We had a lot of fun exploring the old canal parts and began walking along the bike path now called, uh, that now called the area home. The bike path was located between a highway and the buildings, so this was not your typical creepy haunted area. Some of the fun was taken away when we saw the fencing and cameras and realized we wouldn't be able to get into the buildings, especially since the bike path was so busy. So we walked the bike path to get around the buildings and look into them as best as we could from the outside. At one point, we heard sheet metal fall from inside the building and giggled to ourselves. (laughs) Ghosts! I snapped a selfie later of myself uh, with the building in the background. When I got home, I zoomed in on the area where the sheet metal fell. And there's a definite human shape in the picture. They say that they attached it. They say it's in the email. I gotta look at this picture. (gasps) Okay. Hold, please. Yeah, we're gonna find this. Oh! I'm opening it. Okay. Oh, my God. Oh, you're opening it? Yeah. Okay. I'm looking at the zoomed out one first. God, I love old fucking places like this. Oh, look. Yeah. I kind of... Oh, yeah. Hold on. Let me... He's sticking... It looks like he's got his little butt sticking Yeah, he's, out. he's in kind he's... of like a little little power. He almost looks like his legs are in like the lower half of like Utkatasana chair, like chair pose. Like he's kind of got like bent little <laughs> knees. <laughs> It looks to me like he's, you know how people look when they're carrying something heavy? Like yeah, a box, that is what facing he... away from the window. Yeah. Oh, see, I, to me, it looks like it's facing towards the window. 
Oh. Cool. Well. Neat. But I definitely see a weird shape there that doesn't look like it should be there. Like an outline. Kind of like Predator. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Weird. Interesting. Cool. I, uh, I'm satiated. Oh, Cuba. (laughs) Dude, I forgot that, uh, I have my little notebook here by the computer and we did our interview that y'all have already heard. And I was taking notes uh, as our guest was talking. And uh, so when Brad was, I wanted to write things down and I didn't remember why I wrote these down. And my page just says bells, comma, whip. And I was like, what was I talking about? What? There, I think that, okay. There is a moment in the interview, and we can cut this out if you want, but, like, I gotta listen back to it. Because <laughs> there's a moment in the interview, and not to spoil it, but at one point, uh, they're talking and they say something that, some something, something translated into, like, whip dad, whip father? Yeah. Not whip dad. It was something said, whip of father. the sort. Yeah, I don't remember it, but it was like and that. I remember I only paid, I only perked up because I was like, oh, this is a guest. We can't, I can't be myself and be like, give me ein whip, Papa. (laughs) But like, I swear to God, Macy, I heard you, you either like started to say something or you just kind of went like, you like made it. I definitely reacted. I I had to. I, there was a reaction that I could tell was stifled because I had the same like inclination. So I'm going to have to, um. We haven't started editing that part yet, but I'm going to, I got to listen to it again because I just know it. Ah, well, anyway, um, I guess on that note, as always, thank you, you guys for sending in your stories. Looks like the theme was floating. Floating. Perhaps. Um, And if you would like for your scary story or hey, even your sweet story, your ghost story, your otherworldly, your alien story, whatever have you. Your strangeness story, send it in to wbahpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you put spooky, whether or not it's a spooky story, put spooky in the title so we can find it. We learned today. We learned some things that have been uh, plaguing me since I learned them. I went to a bookstore the other day and I saw a book that was... Something about like surviving, how to survive Krampus. And I, look, I'm not dissing the book. Maybe it's great. I have no idea. I didn't read it. But like, I immediately was just like, mm, yeah, it's not actually one dude. It's like <laughs> oh, a whole class of dudes. <laughs> I did. So I've, I learned a lot. I immediately walked out yeah. and like s- looked at Hunter and was like, <gasps> did you know that Krampus isn't a single entity? Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, anybody's ear I can get into since then. I was like, did you know they're not actually, they're not enemies? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. No, same. Big uh, same. So, a huge, huge thank you again to our guests and to everyone who sent in uh, stories. I hope you guys have a wonderful Yule uh, in whatever way that you participate. Uh, have a wonderful wintry season. And Macy and I will catch you in the beginning of the new year 
And this just might be the last time you hear our voices this year, man. Yep. You patrons, you patrons out there who follow uh, SimpCap, we've got the last episode that we're really, their you last patrons, one this you year. You worms. Yeah. Thank you, you worms. Uh, you worms. That was us. Did we say that? I feel like we said thank you. Yeah. We, we also said, I have worms. Do you? But I don't hardly remember that. I just know we said it. <laughs> um, but those of you that are SimpCapping along with us, we are wrapping up Anastasia uh this week on thursday so that's coming out in the dark of the night <laughs> it's great having a good time over there um and yeah and Come we'll see my the minions year. that part's been stuck in my head i'm sorry it's I'll great stop. no i get it it's the whole movie slaps Rise for your master um what else is there anything else that i'm not thinking of uh, perhaps if, should you want to, we are having a coven That's it. wide yeah. live. It is our annual, I guess. I don't know. A few if years running now. Officially making this annual, but a few years running. Yule, uh, longest night live on Facebook. Now, this is not going to take place just for patrons. This one's for everybody. If you are awake, it's technically 3 a.m. on the 22nd CST. The 3 a.m. that lies between Thursday the 21st and Friday the 22nd. So, yeah, like you said, technically it is 3 a.m. on the 22nd. Um, maybe we'll set like an alarm. Maybe we'll like schedule I, it. I, I made, a, I made so a group. Easier. There's a group. There's an event. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. There's fuck an yeah. event going okay, on. Cool. Lots of people jumping on. I've already seen several people cool. saying that they're going to be there. We have almost like, and this was as of a few days ago, there were 60 people already saying they were going to be there. Uh, so we'll be. And this is great for you international yes. beans. I love it. We get to talk uh, to you guys. Our lives are usually taking place where it is like way too late or way too early for you. Um, and it's always a good time. Maybe we'll be crafting. I am going to get some stuff to make some, uh, maybe some wasal or like, a you know, some kind of fancy drink. Nice. And, um, yeah, join us over there for that. That'll be fun. Dude, I was Merry so, Christmas. I was so irritated to wake up at two 30 last night. I was like, you couldn't have fucking done this when I needed you to like in two days. Yeah. I'm going to need to yeah. wake up at two 30 and you choose now. Mm. Thanks. What if this is the new normal for you? Uh, like, what if every morning you wake up at 2.30? Every morning she wakes up at 2.30 something. I'm going to immediately... bed. I'm going to immediately look into what's wrong with me and why that is. I can't... I won't stand for it. <laughs> it's a part of my brain that thought you were going to be like, I'm going to immediately look into the camera. I'm just going to stare into the camera and see you. <laughs> um, no, I fully ah! expect to uh, resume... And uh, go to bed probably tonight at like 6.30. It's going to be great. Oh, all right. Yeah. That's weird. Uh, I got to catch up. That's true. That's, yeah, I don't know why I said that was weird. <laughs> well, everyone, class is adjourned. Winter vacation has started. Yep. We'll catch you in the new year. First Wednesday of the year, we'll be talking about... Something. Lice? Lice? Like a... Lice, me? A louse? Yeah, yeah. Uh, pumpkins? Ghouls? We've talked about pumpkins, for sure. Uh, We've never talked about ghouls. Baby powder. Oh. Uh. 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 <laughs> My brain immediately was like, milk of magnesia? Hey, 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 that'd be a good one. Toenails. Ooh, see? 
We are never going to run out of shit to talk about. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Ever. Gross. I mean, you could just kind of like point a finger out, spin, and open your eyes. Like, well, okay, I'm going to do that. Doorknobs. Yeah. There's going to be something about, there's all kinds of shit about doorknobs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. We're out of here. Goodbye, everybody. See you soon. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>